Yo, it's Izzy. As some of you know, I pre-record my episodes, and today's episode with David was pre-recorded a few weeks ago. And since David actually joined the team over at End State, so while a lot of the conversation is around Vibram, I think there is a discussion to be had about End State and the future of sneakers in Web3. So without further ado, David Filar, Creative Director of End State. What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know. I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. I'm Izzy, and my guest today has been dubbed the nicest footwear designer in the world. And I am just like mad excited to have him on to kind of share his story and just talk about everything that he's worked on in the past and then what he's working on currently. So David Falar, thanks for joining me. Man, I'm so stoked to be here. Uh, I'm very thankful and humbled that, you know, we got to connect and that I get to join you and, uh, on your Strange on Purpose podcast. So thank you so much. No problem, man. I'm super excited. Um, I just went through a binge of all your episodes, your YouTube episodes from 2020. Um, and just like mad excited to have that story be told on the show. Um, but for the people that are listening, don't know who you are, don't know what you're working on. Do you want to give a little bit of an in- insight as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, this is like the million dollar question for a lot of creatives, right? Is like, how do you classify yourself? I would just say that I'm a, I'm a creative, right? I'm an mm-hmm. artist. I'm a creative. Um, I obviously have a design background. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an immigrant to this country. I mean, that's first and foremost, right? Like I, I owe my parents everything. I, I try to start every podcast with that because like fundamentally, like from a core like human perspective like i am nothing without my parents making the decision to move to this country so um that's super important to me um but i'm an artist i paint uh i learned how to do that a few years ago i'm a footwear designer um i've made and launched my own clothing line cut and sewn i've uh done a a lot of weird freelance gigs over the years i've built websites i'm getting into the nft space um as most people and guests are um, I just, I don't know. I just do, try not to like limit myself as to what I can do. And that, that kind of, uh, mindset allows me to try and experiment with things to figure out actually what makes me happy in life and what I enjoy doing. So you mentioned just the, the term creative, and obviously I love to highlight different creatives on here. The, the creatives that like to dub themselves just as an artist or just as a footwear designer. So when you talk with people and just dub yourself as a creative, what does that, there's there's some people out there that may have like a negative connotation to that where like, okay, this guy does not know what he like wants to specialize in. Do you get that feedback more than anything? No, I I, I appreciate that perspective, right? I think you, you do hear that a lot of like, oh, you can't, you can't be, you know, you can't do everything because then you're a master of none. Mm-hmm. But you can you can go all in and put ten thousand hours into specialty little niches until you figure out uh, there's a breaking point in my opinion of like, 
do I love this for a long term uh, to associate it with my life, like for many, many years to come? Or do you reach a point where you're like, I enjoyed that process of learning how to do something, but you know what, this is taking too much of my time and consuming too much of my energy. I want to refocus it to something else because I learned, I learned how to do something. And then I want to apply those skills to going back to my core. Um, but it's not something I see long-term in. Um, so I, I just have that mindset versus being like, oh, I'm a master of everything. So I'm not, I do a lot of things to try to learn from them and extract and then make myself better at another uh, mm -hmm. attribute or thing like that. I tell this story a lot is, you know, three years ago, um, pre pandemic three or four years ago. Now I learned how to paint, um, because I, uh, owned a house. I bought a house. They tell you to buy a house when you're growing up, right? Get married, have kids, do that thing. And so I bought a house. It was too big for me. Three beds, two baths, 1400 square feet. I was going to paycheck to paycheck. I just, I could, I couldn't breathe. Right. I had no fun money. I was like, it was really tough. So I was like, I'm going to find a second job. So I hop on Indeed as people do. And like, I have a stable work job, right? And like, yeah. so I hopped on Indeed and I find this gig to like teach art classes at like one of those wine bars. And <laughs> I'm like, how dissimilar can it be from like rendering a sneaker? And it, lo and behold, it's really not. I mean, there's a background, there's some details, there's a foreground, there's highlights, there's shadows. And, you know, the, but the, 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 the learning curve there was getting up on a stage and commanding a room of 50 humans with no artistic talent. And then you have uh, people who walk in there who are either high or they're, they're there to party or they're on a date and you get all of those in one group and you have to be able to manage that many people and break down a creative step-by-step -step process. So th those like fundamentals, I would have never grown into without taking that shot on a second job. And they've yeah. helped me be a better manager, a better director and so many other things. So that's why I like trying new things. I love that. I really do. That's something that creatives like sh really, really struggle with too. The whole commanding of a room or getting up on a stage in general, just to do whether it's creating or just to talk that's nerve wracking for anyone, but specifically creatives that get behind this, this laptop 24 seven and don't even imagine going up on that stage. I commend you for that. That's really dope. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's not for everybody, right? Because some people are introverted, some people are extroverted. The first few times I did it, you know, I was full of sweat and like it was dripping down <laughs> my face and I was stuttering and I tried to be a comedian and it wasn't funny. And like, I, <laughs> but like the only way to like understand these situations is to try it. Right. Right. Exactly. I was reading the acclaim article that I referred to in the intro. And when I talked to, designers on this show everyone has a certain thing that got them into footwear design and or just designing in general but when i talk to specific to footwear designers a lot of them go back to i grew up in the 90s i watched jordan i watched the brand blow up yep. and that's why your story is completely different where you had no affinity to jordan or no. even like you never even owned a pair of Jordans as a kid. Still so, to this day. To this day as well. So like, what was it that really got you into footwear? The I honestly think it was it was a few things, right? When I was studying industrial design in college, you try the design can go in anywhere. You can do toys, you can do toothbrushes, you can do cars, you can go in any which way, shape, or form. And 
I remember between my sophomore and junior year, um, which was like a make or break year in terms of like, you got to start figuring your shit out uh, junior year of like, what, what do you want to pursue? I remember going to an event on Newberry Street in Boston at the Fry Shoe Company. Um, it's a like a luxury leather boot brand out of New York City. And I went to like their launch party or something like that. And I met this, this guy, Michael Petrie. Uh, he was their creative director at the time. He's no longer there. He was creative director at Toomey Luggage. And now he's, he did a startup recently. Um, and I remember talking to him on one of the oldest iPhones, one of the first iPhones. And I remember scrolling through some really rough like footwear renderings that I did. And I'm like, I, I think I want to do footwear design. Check this out. And he said, it's super nice. Like, yeah, you know, keep working at it. Like you could do it. But like, and it wasn't like positive affirmation. Cause like, I look back, I still have a screenshot of it. it like it sucked. Like it was terrible. But like somebody from that stature being like, yeah, keep working at it and keep going. And if you want to do it, like you should do that. And then at the same time that we had, we got divided up into different studio spaces and I chose footwear studio. And then I really just fell in love with the idea of designing shoes and, and getting into that space. Um, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. I mean, you mentioned the Hypebeast article or High Snobiety article, apologies. Um, it's one of the craziest titles that I think I can ever imagine or ask for. And I still like get shivers and get sweaty thinking about it, like to have like that's stressful right like <laughs> i have to be a really good person for the rest of my life yeah you cannot be mean on this podcast <laughs> at all or else everybody will doubt that no but honestly like i remember sharing it and just reading through all like all the comments and amazing messages and like people people coming out of the woodwork right people have left me on red for a long time coming out of the woodwork and saying nice things like, oh, this is so true. And I'm like, if everybody's saying it, I guess it must be true. Like in my mind, like, it, sure, whatever. I'm like, I'm generally nice, I think. Like, but it's it was really humbling and amazing. And I'm super thankful for, for Fabian for writing that article about me. Um, obviously I wouldn't be anywhere without, you know, the people that I surround myself with and the, 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 the great people of the industry in general. So it's not definitely not all me. <laughs> I think what's crazy about your journey is like, obviously the whole Michael Jordan thing, that's kind of, kind of crazy just based off the designers that I've had on, but you've, if you go back and, uh, if anybody is listening to this and references this article you've really had a chance to create with some really really big people that may not be known specifically in sneakers but are known very well in sportswear footwear anything like that and the one person i want to ask about is uh yvonne chenard so i read his book yep let my people go surfing yes and I read it and I also decided to listen to it. And each time that I've consumed this book, I've taken away different things, all positive, of course. But when you look at a company like Patagonia, the company he founded, for those who don't know, it's a company that stands for what they stand for. Like they say something and they're going to stand for it no matter what. And that's like when you look at founders and like people you want to work for and everything like that, like that's somebody that like, I feel like would energize me to just be able to work for him. You had the opportunity to not just like 
design for him, but you also had the opportunity to like go to his house, wear test stuff on the beach with him, like everything like that. Like I want to ask, like this wasn't the only case and this isn't the only like big person you've got to work with. Like, is there ever a moment where you're really like pinch me? I'm, I'm really on this beach with Yvonne Chouinard right now <laughs> wear testing shoes. Or like, is there ever that moment where you're like, damn, this is, this is everything like little David would have like loved it's, to see. It's a great question. So that, I mean, that was when I, when I look back on, on my career thus far and, and what I've been fortunate enough to be part of, that's definitely like one of the, you could call it like pinnacle highlights, right? Like nobody gets, everybody that we worked with at Patagonia said they've never even done that. So like I knew I was part of a 1% of a 1% of a 1%. Um, but overall, I really don't. Like I just I personally and truly and wholeheartedly treat everybody on the same playing field. I don't think mm. any one of us is above anybody else. And so if you're famous, if I'm on a Zoom call with you or wherever in the globe, like... I'm not going to be the one name dropping. It's just not, I, I just don't believe in that. And the people who want to get ahead in their careers by doing that, that's totally fine. Um, but that's just, that's not me. So I don't, I don't really like prioritize people of working with or like get like starstruck or anything like, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Right. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like <laughs> whether it's Yvonne or, or, you know, in the, in the article that you're referencing on High Snob, it's, you know, I, I mentioned the Matthew Williams collaboration, which means like a lot to me just because I got to be in Milan with him. I got to be in uh, Guangzhou, China with him. Uh, so, I mean, it was just like the experience behind it was really more than the product itself. Um, and, you know, I don't know, I'm a big believer in just working with good people and then good product as a result of working with good people. So uh, I really just don't, prioritize or get really starstruck it's like oh if you're a good person like i want to work with you so with vibram specifically like there's people that may know the brand there might not there there may be people that don't know the brand what are you currently like working on in regards of what you can talk about and what's like your from a high level what's the day-to-day look like from a footwear designer in your space yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So currently, for those who have never heard my name or understand what I'm doing, I'm the design creative director at, at Vibram, Vibram, however you want to say it, um, here in North America. Um, yeah, I mean, we're working a lot around right now. We have a few initiatives, um, one like circularity and figuring out how to extend product life uh, cycles and, you know, from a, a durability, such a major quality of our brand. So how do we... Uh, enhance that through compounds that are more sustainable or um, or just re- recrafting product, right? So like cobblers are like an old kind of man. You imagine the the man in the, the old cobble shop, like taking a yeah. pair of shoes covered in dust. And like, how do you reinvigorate or, or reimagine that space to be more contemporary? Uh, we're working on a digital transformation right now of like, how do we enhance our workflow through digital tools like Gravity Sketch, like 3D printing. Um, and then we're working on a, a lot of the, you know, people call it collaborations these days, but we just call them partnerships. We've always called them yeah. partnerships because that's what we do. Um, so we're working on a lot of those, just the the day-to-day things. Um, that's as, as probably as good of an answer as I could give you. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. That's really, really cool. I think just hearing your story 
little David inside is probably like pinching himself in a way, even though he's not like pinching himself in regards to like celebrities or anything like that. It's still like, okay, I accomplished a goal and now it's, it's time to continuously learning, learn, like you said. But my, my problem is my problem is the fact that like every time I set a new goal, like mentally, and I like Mm -hmm. do that thing, I immediately set another one. So I never, it's a, it's it's not a problem though. Okay, great. That's a problem. Cause yeah, I know the same thing. No, that's fantastic. Good. Cause like I talk to my <laughs> therapist about it all the time and it's like, <laughs> you got to take a step back. You got to enjoy the moment. You got to do these things. That is true. That is but true. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I think that keeps things fresh when you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly looking for something new to go after. And you know, if, if I always try to like wake up and just being like, man, I got to wake up today. Like mm-hmm. how fucking lucky are we? And yeah. so I'm going to optimize all 18 hours that I'm going to be alive that day to the absolute fullest. And yes, do I burn candles at both ends? Absolutely. Do I get exhausted? Yes, absolutely. But like we have this golden opportunity right now, especially with technology. You know, we're on this Zoom call or what, uh, Riverside uh, call right now. And it's like this beautiful thing and we've never met or maybe we would have the opportunity to meet or maybe we wouldn't. And like we just live in an era right now where we can we can really do so many cool things. And so why wouldn't you want to explore what those things can be? I see some similarities with other designers that also, I guess in a sense, I'm not going to say struggle with that because I do it and I don't want to say I struggle with it. But like it's definitely like we we tend to continuously start to look ahead before, like your therapist said, take a step back and and appreciate where you, where you have gotten. The question is with your parents being immigrants, do you feel like that's almost the immigrant mentality where like, okay, work's done. I need to go and not work more, but I need to continuously grow and continuously like show up and do these things because you have that immigrant mentality. Yeah, I think that's a it's a really good question, right? It's I, I think there's 100% part of that. I think mm-hmm. that's in my blood. It's uh, <laughs> one of I've I've big long term goals of like being able to support my parents financially when they retire and and you know buying them retirement homes and things like that. Like those, and I'm transparent about that. Like everybody knows where I stand. I live a transparent lifestyle. That is a major goal of mine. They made a sacrifice yeah. that I can never repay. So. Um, cause otherwise I'd be on some farm in the South of Poland right now and not be in this, uh, have these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is my like one big fear, and I don't think people talk about what their fears are enough. My big fear is to like, I don't want to become obsolete. The world's mm-hmm. moving so fast these days. It's so fast. We are in an information overload. You are consuming podcasts, YouTube videos, emails, TikToks for fucking four hours, your Instagram, there's not enough time and mental capacity during the day that like, I really struggle. And I'm so fearful of becoming obsolete. Like nobody wants to become Toys R Us. Like mm-hmm. Toys R Us, me and you grew up going to Toys R Us. Toys R Us fucking doesn't exist. And want to yeah. know why? It's because they didn't want to sell online or attract that consumer. I don't want to be that person. That's why That's I was my first so- job. Well, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I, I, I take it on myself. It's a self-imposed pressure, but like, Mm -hmm. I really want to work extremely diligently and hard for a very long time until I'm okay to take a step back. And there will be a time for that right now. It's not that I'm healthy. I'm, you know, 
I can self sufficient self suffied. I was going to say that. I don't think that's the proper word. Um, <laughs> I'm self sufficient. Like, and I just, I just want to prioritize and maximize my time right now while I can, because who knows what life's going to deal you tomorrow or in a year or in five years. So David, uh, people that are listening today. They want to find out more about the nicest footwear designer out there. How can people follow along in the journey? How can people tune in to like everything you have going and like just follow along in your work? Thank you for asking the question. Uh, you can find me at david.falar uh, on almost all pl- on Instagram, on TikTok, on uh, you could Google my name. What well, I'm, I'm super fortunate, by the way, to have like a unique last name. I think there's only like 7,000 humans in the world with Falar as their last name, which is wild. Um, so I'm super, if you just Google me, things will come up. My link tree on my bio and Instagram is very long right now. So it's like, I don't even know how to classify all these things or like showcase all these things. It's really challenging. Um, but definitely you could you can either Google my name or you can find me on all social platforms. I try to like, uh, do things like curate them in specialty format, depending on the platform. So like TikTok's all my art and my paintings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's all I focus on. And then Instagram's primarily like foot, footwear and my podcast. And then my podcast has an outlet. And so there's just, just search David Falar. <laughs> what makes you strange on purpose? I'm so stoked you asked this question to every guest. And uh, I'm not going to say I was thinking about it for too long because I knew the answer immediately. Um, <laughs> I'm an extremist. I, okay. when I, find something that I really enjoy, or I think that I'll enjoy, I go all in on it and to like a very extreme, probably unhealthy mentality, but like, it's the fastest way to learn if I really, really love it or not. And I'll give you an example. Like a few years back in 2019, a friend of mine was like, run a marathon with me. And at the time I couldn't run two miles and I gave him every excuse in the book. And then I was like, one day I was just like, fuck it. And so we're like finding marathons and I'm like, I won't do it in the U S let's do it in a foreign country. And then we started searching. We did it in Estonia, which most people don't even know how to place on a map, um, which was wild. And then I gave myself three months to train for my first marathon, which they recommend four to six. So when I say like, and I, but I was like convinced, I was like, no, this will be super cool. Let's go to Estonia. Let's run a marathon. It'll be fine. I'll get to travel the world. And I go all in. And what I learned is if you run more than one marathon, you're a psychopath because it was the (laughs) longest four hours of my life. And I don't plan on ever doing it again, but lesson learned. And I got to check a box on the bucket list, right? So I'm definitely an extremist in all aspects, design, art, anything. And I think that that's what makes the ride a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, Please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 